Welcome back to Resistance Chicks for a very special report. We have been covering the tragedy in East Palestine, Ohio. We've been saying it wrong. It's very hard because there's Palestine and now we've got Palestine, but I've been corrected. Jeff tells me he was also corrected. It's Palestine. So in East Palestine, Ohio, we've had this catastrophic train derailment. Lee and I are from Ohio. Our friend Jeff here is also from Ohio. So this hits pretty close to home. Now, Jeff is an Epoch Times reporter. Now, before he was working for the Epoch Times, he has a long history of being a writer and an author and a journalist and a reporter. Um, but Jeff, you have been um, a White House correspondent for the past, I don't know, you can you can get into that um, like month or so, which is really, really exciting. But you left that to cover what's going on in East Palestine and you were there. How many days were you there? Uh, three days here wow. this week. So it's uh, February 3rd was the derailment. February 8th was the lift of the uh, evacuation order. And I think uh, February 13th uh, is when I got there. And then I just got back this morning at like three. So... So you've been traveling a lot. You you went into the the den of the lion. You know, when I heard that you were going there, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope he owns a hazmat suit. Like we're all kind of terrified waiting for the alien suits to come out. And before the program, you were talking to me and you were like, let me re remove some of the fear here. Um, that everybody's feeling. So we're going to get into that tonight because you went to the town hall that was last night. You said it was really, really fascinating. I want you to talk about that. But um, first of all, let's um, go ahead and give our viewers a little bit of your background. Exactly. Who awesome. you are, how you got started in, in all this craziness that we call reporting. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I'm glad to be on the show. Thanks for uh, inviting me. And it has been quite the uh, last, the fascinating last week. I I've been a White House correspondent with, uh, I call it Epic Times, but I know see people call it Epoch or Epoch. It doesn't matter what, as long as you read. And, uh, <laughs> um, 
So I've been, uh, I, I started covering the White House uh, after the elections. And so it's been about two or three months, but I'm on, t I'm still going to be covering the White House, but I am covering this for as long as it's a uh, story, which it probably will be on an ongoing, on an ongoing basis. And my background, I live in the uh, Southwest Ohio area and the uh, uh, Dayton, Cincinnati area, closer to Dayton. And uh, grew up in Xenia, lifelong, uh, well, not lifelong. I grew up in Ohio. I lived in Florida for 13 years, moved back in 2015. I've been a reporter for newspapers and magazines, an editor for publications, a writer, author, publicist. And I've been with Epic for a year now. So uh, that pretty much covers uh, my history. And this is a passion of yours because we've been talking, I don't know, for the past, it feels like year or so, maybe not even that long. We've, we've, we've had a chance to get to know you a little bit and you really have a passion for just telling the truth. You know, we have a tagline. We don't lean right. We don't lean left. We lean on the word of God. And I kind of sense that from you when you're reporting, you're like, listen, I just want to get to the truth. Am I right? Yeah. And it's, it changed really uh, my background. I've covered pro sports, travel and lifestyle, business. It didn't really, my uh, politics and news didn't start until uh, COVID uh, when uh, March, what was that, March 2020, um, like everyone else, I was cautious about when it first happened. And then the data didn't match up with what was actually happening. So I started reporting on that and uh, just through social media because I had a community magazine here in Centerville and that was dramatically affected by COVID because people stopped advertising. And so that got me kind of aggravated because that, that's my livelihood. So, yeah. but I started covering that. I joined uh, Ohio Press Network with uh, Jack Windsor and then Epic, uh, that, that was about, actually March 1st marks the uh, one year. And so I started covering, uh, Right away, a lecture, the primaries. I've covered uh, the J.D. Vance race, uh, the John Fetterman uh, Oz race, and Wisconsin. Uh, so it, when November rolled around and the midterms ended, I was wondering, uh, I was thinking to myself, well, what, what are they going to have me do now? I kind of felt uh, withdrawal because I was having fun going all around to all these uh, elections or all these events and covering campaigns. And then the White House beat came along. But the great thing about Epic, and it goes back to what you said about telling the truth, that's the, the Epic slogan is truth and tradition. Mm. And we're considered by many, uh, especially people with leftist beliefs, we're considered a conservative media outlet. But it's really what journalism once was. There are very few mainstream media outlets that just report what happens. Like I'm this past week, and I've and I'm glad to because I think it's it's important to tell the story about what's happening in East Palestine. I'm doing a lot of interviews. I got a lot scheduled, and I can you know some people ask my opinion, and that's really not my place to talk about the my opinion on what's going on because I'm just reporting. My job is to uncover what's going on, uh, talk to people, uh, research and, and tell the accurate story about what's going on. And, and the truth is about that. Um, I really don't fully know what's going on. Okay. And none of us do because yeah, there has, yeah. there has not been that much transparency and that's the frustration of the residents there. And, uh, 
East Palestine, and not just East Palestine, that's Columbiana County, uh, 15 miles from the Pennsylvania line. So you have Western Pennsylvania affected, you have Eastern Ohio affected, Columbiana, uh, Mahoning is up where uh, Youngstown is, that's about 40 miles from East Palestine. So a big region there is really impacted and people want answers. And I know we're gonna get into the town hall last night. They're yeah. really a whole lot of answers uh, provided. Okay, so what was what was the town hall like? I heard that they had to move it to a different location and a gymnasium. And um, I also heard that some people were so frustrated that they weren't getting any answers that some people walked out and that the uh, railroad company was actually slated to show up and then they didn't send a representative. Is, is all that true? Yeah, actually, if, uh, on my Facebook, for those of uh, you who are connected to my Facebook page, article I did that posted tonight. It was an in-depth article. It was a little different than the other articles that have been written about the town hall. I went a little bit more in-depth. I just posted on Epic, uh, Epic Times a few, or maybe an hour ago, and I put it on my Facebook page. But they, uh, uh, and I led with that because uh, Norfolk Southern, they uh, were going to be there, but then they released a statement saying they are afraid to send their employees because they're afraid of their safety, for their safety, wow. because it's so contentious. And uh, they had to move it. It was going to be in a smaller location. They moved it to East Palestine High School. And I was there. I did a Facebook Live last night. Uh, I was there maybe at 6 o'clock an hour before. And it was like a football Friday there. There were so many people lined up. It, the line was stretched a couple hundred yards in uh People, all residents wanting to get in and the media, when I was the three days I was there, I was the only national. Well, I, actually, I, you're probably familiar with Sarah Carter of Fox News. Yes. And, um, I see her from time to time at things I cover. She was there with her video, videographer, but we were the only national media people there until. Uh, Unbelievable. So you're no, saying no, I, CBS? Everyone was there. Every, anyone you could think of, there was like 30 or 40 uh, media people there, and we were all corralled in one corner for a while, and then uh, we could get into that. About, because initially they were going to uh, have a town hall Q&A, then they changed it to like a trade show where the media was restrained in one area, mm. and they had the Ohio EPA, the U.S. EPA, the Ohio Division of National or Natural Resources, uh, Congressman Bill Johnson, some other people, and like the residents would go to these tables and try to ask questions, and we weren't allowed to go anywhere. And then there was such an out onslaught of complaints by um, citizens who said, this is not why we came here. We came here to hear people speak and wow. for us. So they changed, the mayor changed it uh, right in the middle of the event. <laughs> it ended up being a Q&A, and then it turned into a uh, it, it was, it, and I expected it to be contentious because these people, their lives, February 3rd, they had a normal life. Right, yeah. That night, it forever changed. It could be, you know, these people, the East Palestine residents, their property values, who knows what's going to happen with that. Right. Who knows what's going to, and many of these, these people said that, that five years from now, are we going to die of cancer? Or, right. Um, there, you know, people who own chickens and goats, or can yeah. we eat the eggs, the meat? Can we drink the milk? People have gardens because you know a lot of people are self-sufficient there. Yeah. yeah. 
we grow gardens? Can we uh, uh, take a shower right now? They don't know if they, they're afraid. People are afraid to do anything there. And you go there like that. Yesterday was a beautiful day. It was very windy, but it was uh, actually the entire time I was there is beautiful. So you wouldn't know if there weren't all these uh, trucks in town. And I was out on the scene and I had a respirator and a, when I was right on the crash scene, I had a respirator and a safety goggles. And other okay. than that, I didn't have anything, but wow. uh, people have seen a lot of the pictures I took. I was right up there and it was fascinating. The uh, I, I've been through tornadoes before and hurricanes and it kind of reminded me of a tornado, which essentially, I mean, it was a essentially a explosion went off and yeah. But when you see all these massive freight cars thrown around and burned up right. and all the toxic, which obviously you don't know it's toxic by looking at it, but it is because four toxic chemicals were released in the air, all right. this debris. So yeah, it's pretty surreal. So that's the only, I know people, some people know me from when I did, uh, I organized uh, events to stand up against mask mandates. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I never wore a mask during COVID, but, uh, you know, when it's important to wear, it, it doesn't make any sense. There's no, the workers there were not wearing PPE. You know, Jeff, that is something that we talked about. And I am so frustrated and angry about this because it shows that COVID was all about theater. Yeah. Mike DeWine, all of his people... None of them in any sort of mask, none of them in any sort of protective gear. And you've got this, you know, vinyl chloride and a bunch of other chemicals that are known to cause cancer. You have people who are saying, I, I can smell it. My, my throat is burning. I'm nauseous. I'm sick. And suddenly masks aren't needed anymore. What, you know, I know you're not giving your opinion, but what were your thoughts on that? Because this is the one time I would wear a respirator. This is what they're for. <laughs> This yeah, is I know, what they're but, for. And the, and the PPE, this is what it's for. Yeah. If I'm wearing one, then, you know, it's necessary. So <laughs> I, um, and, and I can speak on that because there's multiple, uh, studies, credible studies that show that masks don't effectively mitigate viruses. Right. They were never necessary in COVID. And, uh, you know, I don't, I know I've never, cared whether someone wears a mask, but I think it's wrong to be uh, told you have to wear a mask or, and it goes to the vaccine too. But so, yeah, that, that is a interesting. I thought about that. I haven't reported on it, but I thought about that with Governor DeWine because he was so adamant about the mask vaccines and now, but uh, with uh, this where people should be, at least on the scene. He had a mask mandate. Yeah. Our very own governor had a mask mandate in our state for nearly a year, this nink and poop. The thing is, is that we were told that it was for our good. You know, it's like, yes, protect others, but really it is for your own safety. And now that it may actually be for the safety of the people of East Palestine, they're not recommending it, which I find... You know, so this would be the only time where I would say you might want to wear a respirator in your home. <laughs> okay. okay? When I, well, here's the thing. We're talking about a fallout of chemicals that you can't see, but could you smell could you smell? Yeah, that's I want to get into kind of the nitty-gritty, the questions that our viewers are sending to us. And if you guys have questions in the chat, go ahead and leave them. Could you smell it? Well, there's uh some people who know me well that 
Briar laughing when you asked that question because I have an awful sense of smell. Okay. So, okay. Uh, but uh, obviously, when I was at the scene, I was where I was wearing uh, okay. a respirator. But there were times when uh, you know I I could sense something, but I don't have a good sense of smell. But there, uh, I've interviewed lots of residents, and they said. Obviously, for the first week, there or first few days, there was a massive smell, and then all of a sudden there wasn't. But yesterday, a lot of people were complaining about the smell. Really? Um, a lot of people yesterday were complaining about, I didn't have it. I didn't wear, uh, well, actually, I did put my respirator because I went and, and got more photos at a place that um, I didn't get photos at the day before. But I really didn't spend much time at the scene yesterday. Uh, but... I didn't, uh, I, I didn't uh, smell a lot and my eyes weren't burning or anything, but a lot of residents were complaining about it. And there's a lot of people who, I talked to a woman uh, yesterday who she moved from, actually she is from East Palestine, grew up there, moved to Newport, Kentucky, lost their home in a fire, moved back to East Palestine maybe four or five years ago. She has two teenage sons. And now she's going to be moving because she doesn't want to. They've been since February 3rd. They've all been sick. They've been wow. vomiting and they've had uh, rashes and they've had. Uh, what kind of rashes? Uh, like on the uh, red, uh, you know, red marks on the arms. And uh, and they they went to a hotel and but they came back. But uh but what's interesting about that is uh, Norfolk Southern is offering people these convenient, they call them convenience checks. Yeah, talk about those. Which is $1,000. I thought it was 1000 per household, but she has two kids. She's She was talking about it. She was emotional about it. I'm, I'm writing her story tomorrow, I think. It, it's, it'll probably be one of my favorites out of this because it's a real compelling story. So she went, you know, she doesn't have the means to pick up and move right so she's being offered three thousand dollars to uh to and she needs the money because uh they've had the hotel expenses and um but she's worried she's adamant about that norfolk southern needs to be held accountable yeah and she's concerned that if she takes this money that uh she's not going to be able to be part of a move or a legal action. Yeah. There's an attorney uh, who I included in one of my stories today who said that if you have to obviously take the money, but if not, don't because they will probably use that as a way to uh, try to get out of. Mm -hmm. Like you already got yours. Yeah. Kind of. So, but that's kind of, I, I think that as someone, as someone said, um, some resident told me they consider that an insult. Their life is worth, uh, or their safety is worth, and the, the really the title inconvenience check. They look at it as an inconvenience. I, that's probably the only editorial thing they'll say. It really isn't that much of an editorial, but uh, I think that is kind of that's uh, kind of insulting when you call it an inconvenience. An inconvenience. We just upended your entire life. Could have put yeah. carcinogenic chemicals in the air. It's affecting everything. The groundwater, the fish are dying. And I'm sorry for the inconvenience. An inconvenience <laughs> is when the checkout counter only takes cash. 
Yeah. I'm sorry for the inconvenience. Okay, so our entire yeah. show is editorial. So I'll say what the what everybody is thinking. When it comes to what has happened here, this is a giant slap in the face. And I want you to talk about the um, the fact that there's not going to be kind of a federal response. You know, FEMA's not coming. And we'll get into that in a Where second. Is but FEMA? Get, we'll get to that in a second. But the but the idea that these people, you know, we look at like the lefties and the and the woke, and, and it's all about your feelings and how you feel inside, and and people sue over feelings. Well, these people are terrified. They are absolutely like scared out of their wits right now. People in other states are terrified. I've got friends that are messaging me asking me what kind of water and air filters to buy because they live in like even like around our area. They're everyone. This is fear mongering at its at its highest. And so when you're talking about an inconvenience, when uh, Mike DeWine did that press conference and he showed that map with the red in the middle and he's like kind of chuckling like hey if you live here you might die it's really bad get out and i'm just like oh my gosh like this is real fear that they're putting into people so don't tell me it's an inconvenience when a lot of these people are going do i need to move it's not an inconvenience the governor of your state is saying if you stay here you're probably gonna die when they did the chemical burn it's like what is this yeah well he did say uh his response was it. he was imploring people to leave. Yes. Uh, he said it's a matter of life and death. It's yes. a life and death situation, so please evacuate. Um, then he reopened. He uh, lifted the evacuation order. That was February 3rd when the, it was a derailment, a chemical spill, and then there was a controlled burn at the town hall last night. Someone asked the mayor why was there a controlled burn, and the mayor was pretty forthright and he said they really had no choice because it was going to either explode and shrapnel go all over the place or they would release the chemicals so they were in a no-win situation they uh i mean it's inevitably it's the railroad that uh that's the reason that uh that happened so but the railroad is not being uh we the media hasn't gotten much except uh, statements like the statement I put in the story that went in tonight on why they weren't there, but they're just not. Uh, and they are that well. They did say that they well, we're paying, giving everyone the thousand dollar inconvenience uh, checks. But so that's the main issue. The people were frust they're frustrated at the railroad. They're frustrated that uh, there's not more assistance. Uh, I, we were talking before the show that there's really not, you know, I'm surprised that when I was there and that this might change, but there's like, you know, faith-based organizations usually come in and help. I, I didn't really see a whole lot of that. There's not a whole lot of assistance for, um, I thought it was interesting at the town hall last night, I was doing a Facebook live walking through the crowd and there was a man who it was in a van and he was, he had literally dozens of, cases of water he was handing out wow i thought that it's always good to see uh positive in the midst of turmoil but yeah these people are not uh, these residents are not getting any support and uh governor dewine reached out uh sherrod brown uh who most people know sherrod brown our democratic senator here in ohio uh and then of course jd vance is the republican senator they were both in or they they both responded or they were in uh, East Palestine, 
uh, East Palestine. Yeah, East Palestine. I, I don't. I'm confused on how to pronounce it's it. It's terrible. I keep calling it New Palestine. I don't know why. It's like I, I'm, <laughs> well, I don't know why it's hard to see. Maybe you can comment on this. I did see JD Vance do a video, and then I saw a couple other people do videos where he um, took a stick through a, cr a creek. They call them cricks over there. Um, everybody call them cricks uh, through a creek, and it bubbled up. And this, what looked like an oil spill, came up yeah, like from the, the bottom of the river. Have you seen any of those videos? I was sent that, but I haven't seen it yet because I just got uh, back. But uh, I was told that, uh, yeah, that happened and that he visited. And I know that uh, creek because I was told to go there and I didn't get a chance to go there. I'm going to uh, probably in the next... Uh, when I have to go back, I'll probably stop by. But by that time, I'm sure the it's just like the whole scene. They're cleaning up things fast. They want that. They want all that stuff out of there so they can uh, get back to business. But right. The um, but yeah, Sherrod Brown and JD Vance were there, and Sherrod Brown uh, encouraged Mike Dewine to, uh, which I'm surprised he didn't do this before. He did it today, trying to get uh, an emergency declaration to the Biden administration and they, uh, FEMA said that they aren't going to do it because it doesn't meet the qualification or the guidelines of a traditional disaster, which a traditional disaster uh, for how they respond is natural, like a tornado, a hurricane, a flood, an earthquake. And this is a man-made uh, disaster. So FEMA doesn't, so nobody, this is, this, this is mind boggling. The I'm guarantee you, if this was a Democrat city, FEMA would have would be there. I do have, a, a, you know, a couple of thoughts on on this entire thing, whether it's you know the natural disaster and 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 versus a man-made disaster. Jeff, a lot of people are asking us, and I'm asking this question: Why didn't they have a contingency plan for if these cars derailed? Have you gotten an answer on that? Yeah, I, I have no idea about that. Those are, this is a story that's not going to go away anytime soon. The, my, the national interest in it might go away because we, we seem to be hit with one crazy we thing do. after another. Yes. So another week or two, there's probably going to be something Else, right. as uh, serious. So a lot of national attention will stop and shift. But this story is going to be going, it'll develop, there's going to be developments in East Palestine and what's going on there for months. And uh, so we'll we'll see more and more. Uh, I, I know I'm going to be covering it, not just, I'm still covering the White House, but I'll be on this for long term. And we have two other people on our team who are covering it. So, uh, so you're saying these are the kind of stories that you're going to have to dig to find out. I mean... Uh, Pete Buttigieg came out today in his nonchalant way and said, this isn't that big of a deal. We have a thousand train derailments every year. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. What a slap are, in the face. Y'all are transporting things that when they go boom, they can cause death. And you yeah. don't have any contingency plans. One resident said, because from what I understand, the vinyl chloride uh, boils at eight degrees and that was the problem they had to keep it cool and then if it wasn't going to remain cool then they would just have to you know burn it you know do that controlled burn and you would think that on these railroads that are not 
obviously well kept up if you've got a thousand derailments. I mean, seriously, that's, you know, that's what is that three a day? I mean, this is insane. Three a yeah. day? Well, when you think about it, look at air travel. There's, it's very rare that there's an airplane crash. Let's hope, yeah. <laughs> but, when does, but when it does, um, it's big news. Right. There's very rare, I mean, it, on the surface of, like when I was there at, uh, like yesterday, there's dozens of trains that come through and they're all okay. north um, through East Palestine. And uh, this just happened, but still this is serious because and he's right, uh, you know, and he's the Department of, our Secretary of Transportation. Sure, yep. He's right that, uh, you know, there's, it's not a, uh, on the scheme of things, it's not big because there are derailments, but this is catastrophic to the level of, I mean, they're calling it uh, Ohio's Chernobyl. Yeah. Who knows that we won't know the, whether that's accurate for years, but right. it is, this is not a standard derailment because you have a, a four toxic chemicals that are known to cause all sorts of ailments, including cancer and ruin the lifestyle. I mean, it goes back to, uh, People can't grow. They don't know if they're going to be able to grow yeah. crops or, or raise yeah. animals. Uh, right now, they it's like they can't clean. They have to use bottled water to clean themselves and to drink and to wow. cook. So, it so it, it just an inconvenience, out. Jeff. Just an inconvenience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another question. Were they um, were the residents uh, told what to do about showering? Um. They haven't really gotten a whole lot of guidance, uh, but they, I mean, the local community has uh, been, they've done as, as well as they can because this is a small, this is a village of 4,700 people in a rural county. Right. And they, they're accustomed, they're accustomed to, you know, uh, you know, a simple life. They love, the thing that really struck me about it, and I understand because I love Ohio and I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, small towns and there's a lot of camaraderie there they, they all treated I, I didn't have one person who was rude to me or uh who didn't want to answer my questions uh, i have uh on you know i have and that's how i know that's how we connected i do a lot on facebook other social media too but facebook's the main forum and i have a long list of i'm gonna have to get to them tomorrow messages literally there's dozens i haven't had a chance to there's from people reaching out to me wanting to wow. share their story or wow. to get a, a resource or a referral to someone you need to talk to this person or that person and all these residents have the same it's what well, they have different stories but one theme they're just afraid of the short-term and long-term future because mm -hmm. february what groundhog day february 2nd they had a normal yeah life and then the evening of February 3rd, it changed. And it's different. Like I said, I've been through hurricanes and tornadoes, major ones, and lost my homes. And then, but I'm able to pick up and rebound because, uh, you know, there wasn't a long-term implication sure. mm -hmm. there. I mean, it is It's difficult to go through a disaster. But when it's environmental to this scope, and all, a lot of people might already be... Uh, affected health-wise, and then uh, there's a lot of people 
want to leave that area. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm saying I, a lot of people who want, those people who want to leave, not a whole lot of them can afford to leave. Mm -hmm. Not like they sell their house right now because exactly. no one's going to buy their house. At, uh, they might buy it at pennies on the dollar, and uh, but... They and then the right. people who love that—that's been their home their whole life—and yeah. going to stay. But they don't know one day or the next. That that would be awful. Think about how that is. If you woke up in the morning, because you know we'll wake up tomorrow morning if we're blessed with another day and go about our lives. But right now, the people of East Palestine and those areas, their lives—they have no idea what it's going to be like from right today and they don't know if they're I mean, it goes back to everyone's i mean the whole aaron brockovich reference is pretty yeah. accurate they're um they don't know what's uh they're not being told the truth uh are they're not being there's no transparent uh, right. very minimal transparency and uh, we don't really know the truth fully right i don't even the experts know the truth right now they don't and i think that that's why they don't want people you know that's and it's a very strange conundrum because if you truly felt like mike dewan if you truly felt that people were in that particular area if, if they were in a controlled burn that that was going to cause death then as governor i would be going door to door and just putting people you know i would be grabbing people myself like trying to save lives but did they even try to make sure that everybody was gone before they burned well they, there's been varying reports that there's people at the town hall that said no one even knocked on my door no one even knocked See? on my door but there's been, uh, that's a few people i i can't it just goes back to i don't know right because I, but i do know at the town hall there's been uh there are people who are upset saying that well no one ever i live at this address and it's right near where this yeah uh, I heard it was only one mile, though. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, so who, what about the person that lives at like mile point one? Like, you know, oh, you're fine. Is, You'll be fine. This is ridiculous. And really, one mile for a controlled burn. I'm not a scientist, but come on. I was talking to a woman. Uh, she got in contact with me through Facebook, and she lives in Poland, Ohio which is in southern Mahoning, which is uh, about 20, 20 miles north of East Palestine. And she said that on the night of the, uh, she was out on the deck or out on their patio and her and her husband were uh, at home that night. And she all of a sudden started seeing or smelling. She could hear the uh, explosions and then she, her, her eyes were burning. This is like 20 miles away. She right now has, and, and this is pretty graphic, but blood in her stool, and she has uh, uh, been vomiting and wow. uh, rashes and burning eyes. And she's in uh, 20 miles away. So, and this was uh, right. This isn't didn't just happen, but so I have no idea. Well, I can't speak about whether I'm not a scientist either, so right. I don't know. If it's, I, I, I just know I was there and I don't have any headaches or... But you weren't there during the actual burn. And I think yeah. that that's kind of the big, 
the big upset. And that right? is the thing because mm-hmm. I, I can see this movie already. Okay. <laughs> All right. Everyone can see this movie. You've got the railroad company. Let's keep it on the down low. Let's keep it on the hush hush. We're just going to do this control burn. And, and guess what? Well, it's, it's sin now. Ask for forgiveness later, okay? Instead of, yeah. if you know, you're looking at a map, everybody knows how the, the winds blow, how clouds are formed. Like, I okay, question, and I don't mean to cut you off there, but I'm just, randomly, thoughts are coming. So, we have tornado sirens that go off. I want to know, like, did they at least set exactly. off that daggum tornado sirens? Exactly. No, that was the complaint yesterday, too. Uh, a couple people said that there wasn't a siren or there wasn't a warning, and there was just a... <laughs> And obviously, when you live, this is a tiny town. Uh, I know you guys are, what, outside of Milford or that, or somewhere in that area. And that's a small town, but this is even smaller than that. It's, uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's 4,700. Like the, right outside of a mile is pretty much out in the country. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, but yeah, people, it's not just, you know, this is affecting people like 20 miles away 30 miles away in that region as far as that day or the next few days because they had the derailment and then the, uh, there were prolonged fires and um you've seen the, the photos they're pretty amazing photos yeah that, uh, people took right there people took from their porch and uh it just looks like armageddon in a way it's uh pretty surreal but but the interesting thing, last night I talked to a guy after the uh, town hall was over, him and his wife were outside, and um, he was saying that he he has a uh, greenhouse. He had, they have several businesses. They have a hot dog stand during season. It's closed right now. They have a greenhouse, so they sell a lot of flowers. He was saying that they had like, a, like two or three customers on Valentine's Day. Normally, that's their busiest day because people don't want to buy – and I was there on wow. Valentine's Day. People don't want to buy uh, plants that they think are contaminated. Then he was saying he made the point that he has a neighbor who has bees, and she no one will buy her honey now. Wow. Uh, she has a neighbor or a friend, or they have a friend who has uh, chicken uh, chickens, and they sell eggs, and no one's gonna. They're afraid, yeah. and that uh, I was telling Michelle about the story. It's kind of a funny story. But it's related to the next point I wanted to make. Uh, if you don't mind, if I transition to that, no, let's go see. ahead. But um, the I had uh, it's about the perception of uh, East Palestine in general. I it was a blur. I got there February thirteenth. I was going all around. I I thought I would get stopped on the sea on the scene, but I just acted like I belonged and took all those photos and those photos have gotten a lot of response because there aren't many of them out there and they just show the... And these are the ones on your Facebook page, right? Because I've been sharing those on and off here. Well, Facebook, but also on Epic. Uh, on Epic. Uh, but yeah, they're on the Facebook page. But uh, but so, you know, I've been interviewing a lot of people going all around. Yesterday, there's this place called the Original Roadhouse, which is, uh, I really recommend that if anyone's ever in... Uh, East Palestine. It's uh, like a typical small town roadhouse slash tavern. It's a you get breakfast, lunch, and dinner there, and uh, it's been turned into like a makeshift home for media types. So there's a lot of locals, a lot of media types, 
So yesterday I had an interview with our uh, Epic Times has Epic TV and uh, NTD, and I did a uh, interview and I couldn't find anywhere to do it. So it, it, we had gusty winds yesterday there. Excuse me. And uh, so I went in my car or my rental car. It's an SUV, and I got in the passenger side, did the interview, and I had uh, a table in in the restaurant. But since, you know, I, I wasn't in my normal arrangement since I was in the passenger seat and just did the interview, opened the door. I had my laptop in the laptop bag, my keys and my wallet and everything was inside. Uh, a gust of wind blew the door and locked. You know, normally with these modern cars, it, it's not supposed to lock with the keys inside and it locked it. I couldn't open any of the doors and I was like, what am I going to do now? I called um, AAA. And so they uh, they told me, well, we'll send a contract there. You know, they, they use local contractors, so we'll send someone out there and they'll be there in an hour. So I went in and did some work on the laptop, and, but I didn't have my phone. My phone was inside the car. So the restaurant, but these people were said, this is how friendly these people are, which is typical of a small town, I know, yeah. but it's, I thought it was great. And... So they let me use their phone, and then I told them that uh, that someone would probably be called, the AAA would probably be calling. So if, if you get an automated message from AAA, it lets so you know. But I went, didn't hear anything for a while, and that town hall, this was maybe like 4 o'clock, the town hall was at 7. So I called back maybe a little over an hour later, and they told me that... Uh, they had a contractor lined up, but when they found out it was in East Palestine, they didn't want to be there because they thought that they were going to breathe in the air, I guess. And mm -hmm. So they said, well, don't worry, we'll find you someone. So, so uh, another hour passes and I'm still doing more work. And so it's about five o'clock, I guess. And I call again because they didn't call that phone and I'm still at the Roadhouse restaurant. And they said, well, we had another contractor lined up, but they don't want to come. So there, it's the fear. They, they think that they're going to the, immediately, like, you know, they've seen all those movies and they think they're going right, to die right, right. immediately. So, um, so I was like, well, I was thinking to myself, I'm not going to get out of the, I'm not going to be able to get back in this car. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. Um, and I told you about, uh, you know, the Roadhouse had a lot of media was there. And Sarah Carter, who works with Sean Hannity, a lot of people who are conservatives know her. And she, uh, we were talking about, we were comparing notes about coverage, uh, her, her videographer and, and me and her, we were talking. And I told her that what was going on. And she said, well, she gave me, she said, here, use my cell phone and call the rental car company. And so I did that. I thought maybe they'd be able to or remotely so i'm waiting for triple a and i have a us on hold and uh we were out in the parking lot at this point and there uh, at that point the, the parking lot was stocked with black suvs it was uh, a lot of law enforcement and there uh, one I don't, I don't know if they were fbi or what but i talked to this one guy and told him what was going on i said could you uh do you think if i call the east palestine police department would they come out because I, I don't think that triple I don't think anyone's going to come out and help me. And he said, "Well, 
I doubt if they would because of liability purposes. He tried to get the door open. It didn't work. But there was a guy in the parking lot who had a car repair shop and he heard, he overheard it. And this just goes back to how friendly everyone there was. He said, give me five minutes. I'll be right back and I'll open it for you. He comes back and sure enough, he, uh, open, he has that balloon device that gets some separation in the door and you put the device in and it, it opened. And then, uh, Fox and all the TV outlets were doing a live spot there because they were doing, there was a creek there and they were doing some water mitigation. And my uh, SUV all of a sudden was going, the horn was going <laughs> off. <and stuff. laughs> that was kind of funny. But, um, so funny. but then all of a sudden we were there in the parking lot and the server was excited. She came out and said, Trip is on the phone. And uh, so, uh, so I grabbed the phone and, and they said, we found someone, they'll be out at 6.30. And oh my I, gosh. I politely said, well, I appreciate that, but uh, someone just opened the door, so I don't need that anymore. But that's a, uh, uh, a long story to illustrate a point about the fear yeah. that people, and, and- And then the we friendliness of the people to help you. Yeah, well, the people of East Palestine were very friendly and uh, I already have all these contacts when I go back to the next round of stories, but that leads me to the point about Ohio. You know, we all love Ohio and Ohio is a pretty diverse state as far as industry, tourism, food, uh, agriculture. Yeah. And now people outside of Ohio are being, uh, are, don't know really what's going on. And I, I know when I lived in Florida, people said Ohio, uh, they thought it, they thought it was like living in Iowa or Nebraska, but they, don't realize, <laughs> uh, they also don't realize in Cincinnati, like uh, people would say, my so-and-so, my cousin lives in Cleveland. Do you know him? <laughs> and, you know, I'd have to yeah. explain well, Cleveland's like four hours away. Right, three and a half yeah. Away. Well, but, but speaking to that though, like. That, well, that goes, uh, what my point is that people think that uh, like, you know, we're in Southwest Ohio. I'm not saying, again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know if the, the, I know there's a water, I don't know where it is. The governor DeWine gave an update on where the, uh, boom in the Ohio river is, but it keeps on getting diluted the further it goes. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous for people out of state to think that if they buy eggs in a, like uh, Amish country here in Southern Ohio, mm -hmm. that it's going to be inf affected or infected, or they're going to, if it's going to be toxic, or yeah. if you buy groceries, uh, like obviously Kroger's based in Cincinnati and they're all over the Southeast and Midwest. Mm -hmm. People, people are just panicking all mm -hmm. over the uh, country. They they think Ohio is a uh, Chernobyl. It goes back to that. They think when only when it's that, and it's awful that zone there. You know, there's like a I don't know the radius. I I shouldn't say twenty or thirty miles because again, I'm not a scientist, but it's that region there that's most affected. It's yeah, not, uh, the Eastern part of Ohio. And then our friends kept calling us and we said, fortunately or unfortunately, we're West and the winds go East. So actually we're talking about Ohio, but this immediately affected people in Pennsylvania and the governor of West Virginia declared a state of emergency. Yeah, I stayed actually, 
when I, uh, uh, our editors asked me if I wanted to go cover this, and I, I love covering different events. I think because I think it's I am. You talked about passion, and I, I do think it's important to accurately tell a story, and and I explore and get as much detail as possible. So I jumped on that opportunity to, uh, uh, even though I had to go buy a mask, but the uh, good that, reason that, to. Well, <laughs> if you are painting a car. We're going to yeah. East Standing Palestine. Yeah, drywall. Yeah, we're going to East Palestine. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, they. so I, I went up there and uh, it, I'm passionate about telling that story and the, the accurate uh, portrayal right now is not only telling the truth about what's going on there and trying to uncover the lack of transparency, it's also how it's unfair, like people in Cincinnati or um, Toledo, Northwest Ohio, they're going to be industry and commerce is going to be affected. And it's yeah. surprising that, uh, and this is something really that uh, Governor or Lieutenant Governor Husted is more into the commerce part. You, he addresses that more than Governor DeWine, but it seems like the state is, should be more proactive as yeah. far as uh, saying, yes, this is a very tragic and it's very, we need to devote all the resources and we need to get the federal government involved here in uh, Eastern Ohio, but the rest of Ohio is open for business and, mm -hmm. and uh, like tourism, uh, people are already expressing concern. Oh, about, well, sure. Yeah. About, I mean, Ohio, a lot of people think, Ohio, who would want to go there on vacation? But you got Kings Island, you got Cedar Point, mm -hmm. uh, baseball, people go on baseball vacations. You have uh, uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland. and um, and But you're talking about uh, the, that is true about, I stayed and uh, I went up there and I didn't know what I was going to find. I didn't want to stay close. I ended up staying in Weirton, West Virginia, which is uh, across the river from Steubenville. It's about 45 miles. And um, so I didn't know. I, I wanted to air, be cautious. And I would when, have. Uh, listen, I mean, you're a braver person than I am to even go. Okay. <laughs> but so we try to tell the story. So we're just going to please the blood of Jesus over you for telling this story. And, you know, um, our, our we are praying for the people there because there it's it's cognitive dissidence to say they're not going to be harmed in some way if they were part of if they were there be, you know shortly before or shortly after you know this you know just as as just seeing the creek and, and i'm sure you'll see the videos later um it wasn't i don't know if it was just the one creek but another creek uh somebody threw a rock in one and it bubbled up and then these puddles of um circles of you know what looks like an oil spill and my my thought was wait a minute it can't just be in this water that means it's in, in all the ground and so my i would not be planting a garden there within 20 miles this year um god has a really great system of creeks and rivers and and rain that washes things out, but it may take a while. I mean, are you familiar with any sort of water contamination in, in history? Like, the, I don't even remember the air. I, I watched the Aaron Brockovich movie. I don't really remember what it was about. Um, historically, have you, do you know of any chemicals that stay around for a while? 
Uh, well, I'm not an expert on that, but I know obviously Flint, Michigan, has, that's right. probably the most famous water but uh, situation. But this is unprecedented. It's uh, that's why they keep on calling it like Chernobyl, which I think is not yet accurate because you don't know about that for years. But it just I go back to that. Uh, there's a husband and wife who came here uh, to East Palestine from Los Angeles. They have 30 acres. They have a business, they sell hydraulic equipment right across from the derailment site, but like a mile away, they have a homestead. Oh. 30, 30 mile, or 30 acres of uh, 27 are wooded and three is their house and their property. Wow. They have goats, they have chickens. The chickens yeah. were, people were asking me that. The ch I, t well, I took the photos. I, the I goats, showed the photo of the chickens, yeah. The goats, the funny story about that, uh, the night or the night after, the derailment she loaded the goats are pregnant her daughter lives maybe 30 40 miles away she loaded the two goats in the in the back of her honda suv and drove yeah. them up to her daughter but they're worried because and she has yeah. a very the photo i included of her in the <laughs> article on february 14th was of her standing in front of her garden it's like oh. it says her name's marilyn figley figley's garden and um, she's afraid of, first of all, they don't know if the chicken, she's like, do I get rid of my yeah. chicken? <laughs> Excuse me. The chickens, do I get rid of those? Do I, right. uh, do? can I eat the eggs? Do the goats, Is are the pregnant goats going to be affected? Or can I drink their Great milk? Questions. Am I able to plant? Will anything grow? And if they do grow, is it safe to eat? Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, the financial question, are we going to lose everything because we can't be self-sufficient? Because they've been right. self-sufficient. I'm about to lose my voice. I've been uh, talking. Talking no, all day. No, yeah, we, won't we, keep you, we won't keep you too much longer here, um, Jeff. <clears throat> and, and here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to let you go. And then Lee and I will kind of stay in and do some commentary and read some comments and stuff. But... Um, Overall, what is your sense as far as what the people are feeling? Because I know that that's something that's not being covered as much. Like, I know that you talk to the people there. What are, like, not your opinion, but what are they feeling and thinking? What, do you, what did you kind of get from them? Well, that's the whole focus of most of the articles I've written, including that one that posted tonight. They're all... They're very, it's like from my personal experience there, they're, this, this is a friendly town. It's a good small, typical Ohio small town. They, everyone knows everyone. They, uh, they stand up for each other, have each other's backs. They, this is an area, it's Appalachia. So um, not everyone, but you know, there's people with a low median income and, but they enjoy their life. It's, mm. uh, they have their own life there and, and they're afraid it's going to be forever yeah. Lost as far as being able to live yeah. that life, but also live. There's been several of them who've said that. Am I going to die of cancer in yeah. five years? And yeah. uh, are my kids uh, like the uh, woman who had the fire, was in Newport, Kentucky, and moved back to East Palestine? Oh, my. She has a beautiful, she showed me a picture of her house in the spring and summer. It's a, it has a beautiful landscape floral arrangement out front and yeah. she's proud of it and she said this house might not be a million dollar house but it is to me because it's my home it's been the only it's my first house she's 
in her uh, early 30s, I think. It's her first uh, house because she's had apartments before. Yeah. And they're moving. Or she, and it, it was ironic. She was talking about moving. And then I was doing the interview on her porch. And sure enough, her neighbor, a U-Haul, drives by. And she said, well, that's uh, so-and-so. They've lived there for over 30 years. And they're moving because they are afraid wow. to be here. So wow, if, already people have decided I'm packing up, I'm out of here. If they have the means to do it, uh, yeah. they're not saying everyone's rushing out. It goes right. back to the people love. That's why so many people were, that line was 200, 300 yards long, and it looked like a football Friday there at uh, East Palestine High School last night because mm -hmm. people love their town and they want to stay. They but they're afraid. Uh, they don't sure. understand why there's no there's a lack of transparency. They don't understand um, why there isn't uh, FEMA support. They don't they don't know. Uh, they want to know. They want their water, or their food, their soil yeah. tested. They want uh, they they just want answers as far as how to live. It, yeah. You know, I talked about February second was a normal life, and now. They don't know how long it'll be before it's normal, or whether it's ever normal there, and they have to pack up and and leave. So that's the sentiment of uh, I've talked to dozens of people, and then I have all those messages I told you about. So over the yeah. coming weeks, I'm going to be doing more stories, and people just don't know, and I don't know. I can't. I, I'm adamant that I am a reporter yeah. and not a columnist. So I right. am. I know a couple of things I've offered my opinion here, but. Uh, I typically, you know, in writing, if you read my stories, I don't have any, uh, you don't know my opinion because I'm just reporting what, I think that's what's important. happening. Yeah. But, but yeah, people, it's not editorializing to say they don't trust. I mean, people have said that they don't trust these governmental agencies. They don't, um, uh, the guy that I was telling you about that has the greenhouse and the hot dogs to him. He was saying uh, after that, uh, you know, it happened February 3rd, Governor DeWine lifted the evacuation on February 8th. 15 minutes later, Norfolk Southern had a train going through um, East Palestine. And he said, obviously, he knew that uh, they knew the evacuation was going to be lifted because you can't get to East Palestine uh, right away. So... So, and his point was, and I included this in the article I did tonight, I ended with it, actually. He said, that was the the conclusion of the article. He said, did they lift the evacuation because they thought it was it's now safe to live there? Or did they lift it because Norfolk Southern, you know, they're a mega company. They're a very wealthy company, and they want that. They, you can't bring a train in a, an area that's evacuated. They got to keep it running. They got to keep the trains moving. And then, yeah. and then yeah. my last sentence in the article, I said something like, seemingly on cue, uh, Horn Blair's from my, uh, after his comments, seemingly on cue, uh, Horn from a, a Norfolk Southern train <laughs> blared train in the district. Yeah, so that was the end of the story. And, uh, but yeah, that, yeah, you could hear it in the distance, and it was. Uh, it, it, but yeah, those trains are cranking through there, and so they. Uh, it, it remains to be seen uh, whether they will, um, what they will do, Norfolk Southern. And I imagine the government will get more and more involved because they'll 
have a lot of pressure to do that, but we'll. They're not doing anything right now. Yeah, well, I guess today uh, Governor DeWine talked to President Biden and uh, and he said that uh, he'll get they'll get some assistance from the Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, there, there'll be some monetary assistance for people for their medical costs. And mm. FEMA said that they're going to uh, keep monitoring what's going on, but I, who knows whether they'll get involved eventually because again their turn their definition this is not an a disaster that they respond to so wow that, don't yeah. live in a town with a uh train derailment live in a town as a tornado <laughs> <laughs> that's so true it's so sad but true so Jeff, um, guys, I want you guys to stick around because Lee and I are going to editorialize um, not what Jeff has said, but just kind of the thoughts that we've had and the research that we've been doing the past um, couple of days. And so I don't want you to go anywhere because um, we have a lot of conspiracy theories and I want to break those down because our tagline is it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's the truth, but also if if everything's a conspiracy theory, guys, then nothing is. So I think a lot of the conspiracy theories that are going around right now are not true. So Lee and I are going to break those down for you, you know, when we say goodbye to Jeff. But before you go, Jeff, tell everybody where they can find you and how to follow you. Well, uh, I I have all my articles public right now on Facebook with this, and I'll be covering this for the for a long future. And I'm Jeff Lauderback on Facebook because I know people have different names on Facebook. And it's L-O-U-D-E-R-B-A-C-K. And uh, on Epic Times, you just go, or you, you can access my articles on Facebook, but you go to Epic Times and just type Jeff Lauderback in the search engine and um, my uh, author page will come up right. and has every article that I've ever read. Epoch Times subscription is well worth it. And they're the only conservative newspaper I know that sends, uh, we get the one in the mail. um, And they're incredibly detailed. So if you guys are not subscribing, if you want to subscribe to one news outlet, the Epoch Times has top-notch journalists. And Jeff, you're one of them. So thank you so much for joining us on the show. I hope you get some rest. And I'm just going to pray that God protects you (laughs) and that your body is fine and that you didn't breathe anything in. And I'm sure you took a couple showers when you got home. Yeah, I'm I'm losing my voice because I've interviewed so many people and talked so much, but... Yeah, I feel fine, but I'm uh, going on minimal sleep, and sure. I, I'm glad to be back sleeping in my own bed. But I am looking forward to going back and doing more coverage of that because the that there'll be storylines for the long term, and they need to be told because those people, the residents of East Palestine and Columbia County, are affected for the long term after long term absolutely after the cameras leave and the uh, the all the national attention goes then uh, you know people are going to uh forget about it many people forget about it but the the residents there are still dealing with that so we plan on covering it long term epic epic times all right thank you so much jeff we are going to be praying for you and we will be in touch and uh thanks again for coming on this has been very very eye-opening Big deal. Oh, for thank us. you. I like what you guys do and uh, appreciate being on. All right. Thanks. God bless. Good, good night, night Jeff. Jeff. Have a good one. Hang on.
on. Wait for it. There uh, we are. All right, guys. So stick around. Um, Michelle is going to bring up a couple videos for you. We were talking about them uh, with Jeff um, that the water, when you put something in it, bubbles up. And then you get these, like, rings. And as uh, Jack Posobiec said, um, that uh, Joe Biden should be happy that, you know, that they've turned uh, East Palestine into gay pride <laughs> flags on the, in the oh, water. Oh, with all of the rainbows everywhere? Rainbow water. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You don't want rainbow water, FYI. You do not want rainbow water. Now, before we get to anything, while we still have a lot of you, and this is going to get interesting here, and Leah tells me she literally wrote down because we write notes on our show. She's like, not too long. We don't want it. We can't stick around too long, but there's something really huge that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. In two days, check out this flyer that I put together today. I'm going to cover up Leah's face here while I while I go over it there. Nope, you can't. Um, we've been getting so many messages from you guys, like countless messages. What can I do? I want to be a part of this. I want to help. How can I donate? Like, what's the plan? I don't know how many of you have heard about the Asbury revivals that have been going down, going on uh, down in Kentucky. Our friend, Pastor Neil Peterson, he ran for governor in Ohio last year. Uh, that's a, a long story for why he didn't end up on the ballot, but I think corruption was a little bit a part of that. However, I believe that the response or lack of response from Governor Mike DeWine is pitiful. So we were talking to Pastor Neil Peterson, who I believe is called by God to just govern by example, right? So he has opened up his church for revival for 24 seven prayer. This has been going on for three days. So on Saturday night, well, actually all day Saturday, he is declaring and we are declaring a statewide day of prayer and fasting, the old fashioned kind. And then in the evening at Harvest Revival Center in Dayton, Ohio, we want you guys to travel from wherever you are. Now, remember Dayton in Ohio, don't worry. Dayton, Ohio is on the west side of Ohio. It's four and a half hours away from ground zero there. We're calling for all Ohioans, all Americans that can get here, come to Harvest Revival Center in Dayton, Ohio. It's an hour north of Cincinnati where we are, a little bit farther than that actually. And we're going to pray yeah. and we are going to get on our knees and we are going to ask God to not just save Ohio and save East Palestine, but we're going to ask him to bring revival to Ohio because we are at an appeal to heaven moment. Jeff yeah. Louderback was there on the ground and even he says there are more questions than answers. We don't know the long-term effects. We don't know what's going on and it's very scary. But the one thing that we do know is that God can heal the land and God can heal these people. So these people that are in, in, in East Palestine, uh, terrified that they may get cancer. You know what I want to hear? You know what I want to see? 20 years down the road, these people don't get cancer and they don't get sick, but it will be because of what happens in at Harvest Revival Center on Saturday. And no one needs to know. I don't care if anybody ever knows. That's not the point. The point is that we have got to pray for these people. We have to pray for the land. We have to pray for the animals. And um, Pastor Neil's wife, and I'll scoot this over here so that Leah can be a part of this. Um, Pastor Neil's wife, wrote an amazing description for this event on Facebook. And in it, she quotes, um, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn and seek my face, then I will come in and I will um, hear from heaven and I will heal their land. 
Some translations say restore. When we were on with Pete Santilli a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago, he told this story about how his dog gets hit by a car and he had this guttural scream and he just said, God, reverse this. The dog should have been dead and the dog was fine. Not a scratch on her, just like a tiny little limp. We have to get together and say, God, reverse this. So I want to see the largest outpouring plan to get in your car on Saturday. If you are within driving distance, that's why it's starting at six o'clock. Don't eat. It's a day of prayer and fasting. Okay. And I want you to head and join us in Dayton, Ohio, because that's what Governor DeWine should have done. He should have called immediately, A, for a state of emergency, and B, for a day of, not just a day, a week of prayer and fasting, because this is a big deal. And what they've been doing is downplaying this. And shame on them. Shame on them for downplaying this. So if you want more details on this, you want the directions, you want to get get to Harvest Revival Center, go to harvestrevival.center harvestrevival.center. All the information is on Facebook. The flyer for it is on tonight's show on resistancechicks.com. So if you want to see the flyer big, you want to save it, you can right click on it and save as, and you've got it. But I want you guys to join us. This is a very, very big deal. Join us at Harvest Revival Center at six o'clock Eastern time. We're going to bring revival. Now, Pastor Neil has been keeping his doors open and they're going to stay open. And I believe, I truly believe that what we do there on Saturday night is going to spark the equivalent of what's been going on in that Asbury revival, but in Ohio. So guys travel from wherever you are, make your plans. You are going to get there. You're going to be at Harvest Revival Center on Saturday night at 6 PM. And we are going to shake heaven and you're going to experience something unlike anything. I believe this is going to be an upper room moment where the disciples, went and they waited and they Again, prayed would you move? and God himself yeah. showed up. So I want to encourage you guys, if you don't do anything this weekend, you're going to be in Ohio, in Dayton, Ohio. Now I know we have worldwide viewers. Y'all can't get on a plane and come, but people literally in the Midwest, most of you guys live within driving distance yeah. and can get there. And I want to see you there. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but, but one of power, power and, and love and, and a sound mind. mind. We do not need to be afraid to gather together and pray for the state of Ohio. So it's hashtag pray for Ohio. Yeah, I'm I'm bringing up clips, but guys, um, when you need God, he's going to show up, okay? And revival doesn't show up until you need him, until you need God. And a lot of times, you know, for the past several years, what's been going on, we don't really need God. We've got fast food. That's we've right. got laundry mats. We've got social security and, and all kinds of safety nets. And we don't seem to need God anymore. But we do need God. And it's in times like these we recognize that, yeah, the bad guys did bad things. Yeah. But we need God to bring us justice. And so what we're going to pray for is also justice, that um, we hold these people and these companies accountable, that we get a good governor who knows how to... Um, and those are all up, who knows how to order a state of emergency, who knows how to get those butts out of that town and get him to a place of safety and say, we're going to make sure that you're okay. Where, um, if anything, he's calling on churches. Why could every church in Ohio could get together and just fund and help these guys. And so what we are going to do is we are going to help come up with some sort of fundraiser as well. Cause I know a lot of you guys like, I just want to give them water. Like we all just want to give them water. Um, so we're working with Pastor Neil um, to, to try to come up with some way that the people who come to our, our revival 
can give in a monetary way yes. uh, to help not just pray, but to, to help them to maybe you can help fund people to stay in a hotel or a, a yes. long term, a, 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 a semi long term. We've got Ohio away. Brett in the chat and uh, Ohio Brett has been on the forefront of going around and making connections and funding good. And uh, so I know his heart is there. He says, amen. Agreed. It will be an upper room moment. I will be in Sacramento. That's okay. You're traveling. Ohio Brett's going around the nation. But to have the support of Ohio Brett on this, I think is huge. We have to share this out. So I have put it on Facebook. And tonight, um, late into the night, as, as long as it takes me, I'm going to be sharing that this the flyer for this and all of the information on all of our platforms. So as soon as you get a hold of that, share it everywhere you can, because I want this to be absolutely giant. I want to see, I want it to make the news. I want this to be, look at how a real governor and a real body of Christ handle, handles a crisis situation. Look for miracles and signs and wonders. So without further ado, and I'll, I'll reiterate all of that again, um, in a little bit, we're going to get to some of these videos and the pictures that Leah's got, um, pulled up for us. So hang on a second, wait for this to load here. Hang on. I got to redo some stuff because I've, I got to reset up everything. <laughs> well, and uh, do we need to be on here, Leah? You know what I'm going to do? What do you mean? Do we need to be on here? Wait, let me go back here. Let's just, let me just do this. Let me just pull up, um, this screen and we'll just make it kind of smallish or make, you want me to make us smallish? I'm just going to put us here. This yeah. is our main screen and we'll just put us over here like we normally do. And then we'll just add this, um, window for today. Let me see if I've got one up. I do. All right, let's pull this up here. Boom. That'll work. We're going to, we're just making shift here. All right. So, um, I want to go through this thread, um, uh, from, uh, I don't ever know how to say it. Ken, Ken, Ken Koa dot Substack. So here's some photos. Uh, this may be the largest environmental disaster in U.S. history. It certainly is the largest uh, disaster in Ohio's history. You can go click through some of those photos. Um, but I'm going to go through this thread. If you guys aren't familiar with what happened, this thread kind of shows us. Um, keep going. Keep going. Look at that plume. Keep going. Oh. Look at how that burned. Oh. Okay, so scroll down, and then uh, what you're looking at Go ahead and make that big. Is a toxic cocktail of deadly chemicals. This all started with a train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, a town of nearly 5,000 people. Five of the cars that derailed were carrying vinyl chloride, a dangerous chemical linked to multiple cancers. It's used to make a whole bunch of things, from car parts to PVC piping. But on its own, vinyl chloride can cause blisters, headaches, dizziness, and can be deadly if breathed in for too long. It's also unstable, and at least one of the train cars was at risk of exploding and sending deadly shrapnel flying as far as a mile. And while that massive explosion didn't end up happening, many are wondering if the way authorities are going about mitigating the incident is the best course of action. To avoid a catastrophic explosion, officials conducted a controlled release of vinyl chloride a few days after the derailment. Release. The train car so the vinyl that chloride word. could drain into a trench and burn. It resulted in this. Authorities said that the controlled burn would release hydrogen chloride and phosgene into the air. Yes, as in World War One chemical weapon phosgene. So what does that mean for residents? That's well, everyone... Been moving, we're not what do you mean? We only have the oh, Leah's got the wrong one up here. Hang on. I'm, we're in the wrong one. Thank you, Mom. Patriot Gallery is on it. That. I scrolled down to the wrong one. Here it okay. is. I, I'm assuming you guys all heard all that. 
Yes. Within um, at least so two mile radius of the derailment site was ordered to evacuate. Ahead of the controlled burn, authorities released an evacuation map and essentially said if you're in this area, leave or risk dying because of toxic fumes. Authorities have been monitoring the air and water quality since the controlled release started and said that none of the readings were concerning. But many evacuated residents still have questions, namely when they'll be able to return home safely. While the possibility for a massive explosion is no longer a danger, there's been no timeline given for when it will be safe for people All right, to return. All right, so you can to stop that. The next video here, uh, Phosgene, we've all heard about the hydrogen chloride. Phosgene is a highly toxic colorless gas with a strong odor that causes vomiting and breathing and trouble, uh, uh, breathing trouble, and it was used as a chemical weapon in World Isn't War I. Isn't this the I. same one that we played on Friday? Yeah, but they didn't see okay. it. This was, this video was done very early on, but still very applicable. This hasn't been getting a lot of coverage, and the coverage that it has been getting hasn't been very good, so let's talk about the trail derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. East Palestine's about an hour north of Pittsburgh, almost halfway to Cleveland. Norfolk Southern has a rail line that goes right through town, and this derailment happened right on the edge outside of town on the border of PA and Ohio. Of the cars that crashed, five of them contained vinyl chloride. It's a monomer used to make PVC. Some of the reporting on this has gotten vinyl chloride confused with polyvinyl chloride, the polymer made out of vinyl chloride. Now, the reason that this distinction is really important is vinyl chloride is very hazardous and very flammable. Polyvinyl chloride is a plastic that's used in like everything. The other thing about vinyl chloride is that it boils at eight degrees Fahrenheit, so it's shipped in its liquid form. Meaning that when these trains crashed and these started leaking, they weren't just leaking liquid, but they were spewing boiling gas. So vinyl chloride is really toxic. OSHA has the permissible limit of how much you can be exposed to it during an eight hour shift as a one PPM part per million, average over eight hours. So prior to this, the biggest spill of this chemical was in New Jersey where one train car and about 23,000 gallons of vinyl chloride were spilled, but it didn't catch on fire. Now this crash in Ohio has five train cars. These kinds of tanker cars can carry between 25 and 33,000 gallons. Let's call it 250 to 250,000 pounds of vinyl chloride. That's per train car, five train cars. There's maybe a million pounds of this toxic chemical spilling into the ground and also boiling off into the air. But then it caught on fire. I think this is where the reporting is really bad because no one is mentioning what the byproduct of vinyl chloride burning is. Of the many byproducts of burning vinyl chloride, one of them is hydrogen chloride. Hydrogen chloride is really unstable and latches onto water, like just water vapor in the atmosphere, and that turns into hydrochloric acid. So right now, government officials, officials from the railroad, both the governor of Pennsylvania and Ohio are calling burning off the million pounds of this stuff a success, but not mentioning that it means that we have hundreds of thousands of pounds of acid in the air, potentially. Now, ever since engineering school, I've studied a lot of industrial acids. I just find it really fascinating, and organizations like the Chemical Safety Board, NTSB, and OSHA all have like really good reports available to the public. I think as a designer, it's really good to learn about mistakes. When looking at these kinds of industrial disasters across time, there are a couple of things that are pretty universal across all of them. One, the responsible party in this code... Okay, you can stop that there. Never takes response responsibility. Now... Wisconsin Department of Health, exposure to vinyl chloride can affect a person's liver, kidney, lung, spleen, nervous system, and blood. Human and animal studies show higher rates of liver, lung, and several other parts of cancer. You can scroll down. The vinyl chloride burn uh, occurred near the Ohio River, which flows directly into the Mississippi River. Thousands of farms may be affected by this. 
Um, and it's Ohio River runs right by by us. Now yeah. we and I want to let you guys know something. And uh, don't worry, Lee. I'm going to be careful how I say this. We drove over the Ohio River last night because we were speaking at an event. When we drove over the river. There was a very visible haze over the entire river. And, and the Ohio River is huge. For those of you that I don't know how wide it is when at the crossing in Cincinnati, but it's 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 very wide river. So as far as you can see, massive wide river, giant haze over the river. Now, you could say, well, it was really warm yesterday. Maybe that was just a standard fog or whatever. I'm not used to seeing that kind of fog unless you're driving in the morning. Not that I go downtown very often. Um, I smelled something that smelled very chemically sweet. And so Leah and the Kansas cowboy who were also in the car with me did not smell it, to be fair. So whether I was smelling this... I don't know whether that haze was this. I don't know. But that's what I can report on. All right. Yeah. Okay. So um, the EPA sent a letter to the rail company stating that uh, ethylene glycol, monobutyl ether, and <laughs> ethyl hexyl acrylate and another. Isobutylene. Thank you. We're also in the rail cars. We basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get the railroad open. That was a quote from a resident there. Here we have Amanda Brashears found her chickens dead 10 miles from East Palestine. And even though North Lima is about 10 miles away from East Palestine, Amanda Brashear says when she went to let her dog out last night at about 10 o'clock, the smell made her eyes water. And she also believes it could be why her chickens are now dead. So I walked up to the cage and this this is what I found. Amanda Brashears was going to feed lot, her five hens and rooster this morning when she discovered them all lifeless, practically in the same position with no signs of a predator entering their enclosure. I'm beyond upset and quite panicked because this, they may be just chickens, but they're family. Rashir says her chickens were alive and well yesterday. Wow. She believes the smell following the detonation of the train carrying chemicals that derailed in East Palestine is to blame for her birds' sudden death. My video camera footage shows my chickens were perfectly fine before they started this burn. And as soon as they started the burn, my chickens slowed down and they died. If we can do this to chickens in one night, imagine what it's going to do to us in 20 years. Officials have said okay. that the smell... That is just really sad. You just scroll down. Um, there are, we well, can skip the dead fish because I think people have seen those. Dead fish, uh, more dead fish. Um, the and foxes. then I think you guys have probably heard about the foxes. All right. I want to show you, maybe you haven't seen. Um, now, scroll down. I want you to see the trailer. I don't think all of you have seen this. Netflix made a movie called White Noise oh, a little over a year ago. It This whole scenario is in this movie, okay? An East, Eastern Ohio town, it, doesn't say, it didn't say East Palestine, but an Eastern Ohio town, and they filmed it in Ohio, and there were residents from East Palestine who were extras in this movie. Watch this trailer. It is literally almost... Oh, like almost verbatim, except for there's a lot of crude humor. So just you got to get past that because it's a movie.
gonna make everybody wanna go. Would you like that protein? That stuff causes cancer in laboratory animals, in case you didn't know. Either I chew gum or I smoke. What are these children, yours? That's mine from Wives 1 and 3. There's Babette's from Husband 2. Wilder is ours. We're each other's fourth. Life is good, Jack. I hope it lasts forever. Let's watch a sitcom or something. No! They're calling it the airborne toxic event. It won't come this way. Will we have to leave our home? Of course not. How do you know? I just know. Okay, what if it's dangerous? Evacuate all places of residence. They didn't do that right away. We have a situation. All we have to do is stay out of the way. They're passing us, Dad. Technically, that's illegal. <laughs> do sheep have lashes? Ask your father. We're going sideways. Dad, do sheep have lashes? Doesn't anyone want to pay attention to what's actually happening? I wish there was something I could do. I wish I could outthink the problem. There are two kinds of people in the world. Killers and dyers. Most of us are dyers. Right now we're safe. As long as the children are here, they need us. Of some persistent sense of large-scale ruin? We keep inventing hope. You know what I find more disturbing than the predictability, like the fact that it, it literally prophetically described almost exactly what happened? Yeah. The fact that it's a comedy. Oh, wow. Like they could have made that movie and they will make the movie. Mm -hmm. and, and people will say, oh, it was just a knockoff of this white noise movie. That's what they'll say. No, this was the story of East Palestine. Yeah. And they and I hope that they tell it I hope that they tell the story correctly. Yeah. And I hope that they do it without the comedy because it's not funny. Right. It's not funny. It's not funny. Yeah. So so the, the the question I don't care if you've never entertained a conspiracy theory in your entire life. Having seen that, you're going to start to question everything. Question everything. Okay, so if you could bring up the video here with JD Vance. He uh, is Next there in, in um, East Palestine. Nope. Um, not her. Well, it doesn't matter which one you bring up next. It's that one. This one right here? Yeah. Um, he's our senator here in Ohio. And he runs a stick through a, the creek. Now watch this. Hey, guys. So I'm here at Leslie Run, and there's dead worms and dead fish all throughout this water. So, something I just discovered is that if you scrape the creek bed, it's like chemical is coming out of the ground. Can, can, you, show, can you come here? And, and, and let me just show this to people. I don't know if you're going to see this on camera, but watch this. Oh! You see that chemical pop out of the creek. This is disgusting. And the fact that we have not cleaned up the, the, the train crash, the fact that these chemicals are still seeping in the ground is an insult to the people who live in East Palestine. 
Do not forget these people. We've got to keep applying pressure. That's how we're going to fix this problem. Thank you. All right. So if you go to the right, there's a woman who um, puts a rock into it. Now watch this. Wow. Look at all that. Look at it. It's all in the bottom Just of the one creek bed. So it sunk to the bottom, right? I want to talk a minute. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, your, your regular drinking water, it's not good for you. It's got a whole host of chemicals in it. Uh, fluoride being my, you know, cheapest complaint, but also just regular. But they burned all the chemicals off of it, right? That's what I heard, yeah. <laughs> no. Maybe off the top. No, wait, I, I, let me just, I just want to explain something here. This is really important to talk about. I don't you and you and I know no you and I both know that you cannot boil water yeah to get to get rid out. of the chemicals mm -hmm. however I use a diffuser for essential oils mm -hmm. to put essential oils in the air mm -hmm. water oils goes into the air yeah so what has happened here is they have steamified. They made a diffuser. They made a diffuser. They didn't burn off all of the chemicals. It's a diffuser. They sent them in the air. Like an aromatherapy. And it rises up and then it it's going to fall somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay? So I don't subscribe to the, and again, I'm not a scientist, but I don't subscribe to that. this, if we didn't do this, shrapnel flying a mile away, which is worse? I can't imagine that the people playing this scenario, if they played this out, that this chemical, this carcinogenic, which is one of the most, you know, deadly, harmful. I think what they were concerned with is this, is their own safety. Because the the, the, the the train car he was talking about in New Jersey carried like 23,000 pounds and each one of these train cars um, had much more than that. And so I think they were thinking, how do we pick the train cars back up well, without blowing up back, ourselves? Back to my original question that I posed to Jeff and Jeff was like, Michelle, I don't have an answer for that yet. Right? There was no contingency plan. Why was that? Why is there? Pete, Pete Buttigieg coming out saying... This is no big deal. It happens, it happens all, all the, the time. time. Well, if it happens all the time and you have rules and laws for every stinking thing monitoring, uh, you know, you got all these IRS agents that you're going to send out to, you know, you know, make sure that the mo the, 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 the waitress mom, the waitress single mom pays her tips. I mean, come on, like Lee and I, we drink raw milk. We get it from our Amish. We have to be part of a herd share because they can't sell us daggum raw milk dangerous. because it's too dangerous. But they're allowed to fly or, or they're allowed to run ecological disaster bombs right. every single day that always crash, according right. to Pete, boot at edge. Boot at edge. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is okay, here's another incredulous here. So once again, would you move as I'm going to throw another rock right here? 
Would you stay here? Would you drink that water? Would you be affiliated with this? Would you bathe your kids when this it's bubbling up and it looking like an oil slick? Why did so, that once again, up? would you move? Why did that one bubble up? Well, that goes back to, I get that they quote unquote burned it, but this stuff is unstable at eight degrees. Mm -hmm. It starts to boil at eight degrees. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, so I don't know. What else do you have here, Leah? Um, this is the last video I have for tonight, and then we'll say goodbye, and we just play part of this. This is, um, Ted Murphy is a resident in East Palestine, and he just moved into a, an apartment and with his mom, and he got all new appliances, and now it is, you know, what is he going to do? East Palestine, Ohio, here with, uh, and it's uh, Tom Murphy, Ted. Ted, Ted Murphy, Mr. Murphy here. And uh, what's your experience been like with this, this entire situation over the past couple weeks? Sir? Horrific. <laughs> I'm evacuated out of my house before they pulled the evacuation because my 80-year-old mom lives with me. My house was engulfed in fumes. So I got her out, packed some clothes, and then Sunday I come back to get her insulin because we didn't grab her insulin she needs it yeah no sunday before the implosion oh okay okay and when i left to go back over the fumes in town were nothing like they were on 170 coming out of that creek i inhaled that air and i thought i was gonna freaking die i wow. thought i was gonna die i almost wrecked my damn truck the road looked like a wet ribbon whoa tell me i didn't suck something in there wasn't shit in that creek and did you have to go to the hospital or i went to the hospital a week later oh wow and i'm so stressed out about it that when i went into the hospital as soon as they put a cuff on me to check my blood pressure i had three doctors standing there and they took me back and put an ekg on me and had a shocker sitting there ready because they thought i was going to have a damn heart attack wow <laughs> wow i'm sorry about that <laughs> it's got me stressed yeah. I'm not moving back into my house. I just got done doing all that work to the outside of it. It's three big city lots. I got a big ash yard. I got a bad ash yard. And now you can't use it. Now I'm leaving it. Yeah. Hopefully my landlord's good about everything because I'm renting it. Wow. Wow. I just bought all new appliances, new furniture, new beds. I made my mom a brand new home. Mm. Now I got to leave. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it ain't right. That's and we just want honest answer. I want to talk a little bit about um, what you guys have been sending me. I got a phone call from Scott Kesterson of Bards FM before, you know, this afternoon, and I'm working on getting tonight's show ready. Do you have anything else you want to show? Mm -mm. All right, then I'm going to just show, shut this down and make us big again. Um, and uh, and he's and he's talking to me about the this idea of a land grab and then my mom comes out i think or it was kansas cowboy one or the other saying that owen schroyer on Infowars was talking about a land grab that this is this is amazingly lush farmland um and you guys have been leaving leaving a lot of these kind of conspiracy theories in the comment section uh that maybe this thing really didn't happen not the, you guys aren't leaving the comments. There are conspiracy theories out there that are saying that this thing, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it's not as big of a deal as they're making it out to be. Um, I'm just going to give you my gut opinion. And I, and I think you guys are okay with that. And I think that's one of the reasons why you come. And I'm so glad that you're here, especially to all the new viewers that have joined resistance chicks over the past few days. 
everything in me says this definitely is real. That everything that we are assuming has happened as far as the chemical going in the air, landing in the creeks, right? That this is, this is very real. But the land grab idea is not that far-fetched. You could include that, okay? But it does not have to go with it didn't really happen because why would they damage land that they want to buy? They can clean this stuff up, okay? For not that expensive and they can get this land. That man just said he's going to leave. They can get this land for pennies on the dollar now. So I am not, because they may not want it for farming, okay? Just put some buildings up, bury the chemicals, you know, bada bing, bada boom, no big deal. I would caution you as we're moving forward in all of this, visit it with an open hand and with the Holy Spirit speaking to you, not even shows like ours or anybody else. Because I think that the title of that movie is so perfectly fitting for what we are living in with this white noise. It's a distraction. And a lot of it is if, if it's causing fear in you, Scale it back and go, wait a minute, God, you have given me a a, a spirit of power, love, and sound mind, right? And again, I want to remind you guys, if you're just joining us, we're going to be doing a massive prayer event for East Palestine and all of Ohio at Harvest Revival Center this coming Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be massive. We're going to, it'll, it will be live streamed for those of you that cannot attend on Harvest Revival's Facebook page and on their YouTube channel. So go to harvestrevival.center for more information. Make sure you're subscribed to them on YouTube and on Facebook so that at 6 p.m. on Saturday, you guys can join in. We're calling for a statewide and national, if you can do it, day of prayer and fasting. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. We're going to spark revival and we are going to heal Ohio. We're going to heal East Palestine and we are going to heal this nation. Yeah, we're going to get rid of our governor. And we're going to get rid of our governor. We are going to get rid of our governor. You guys have been leaving a lot of amazing comments, and I'm sorry that I couldn't get to them tonight. Tonight was not a night for those. You can't get to any? Well, I can. I can read some of them. Um, Chris on Facebook says, I never thought about a land grab. Um, Mary, my, my Caldwell, they've been doing this for years, just like on The Simpsons. They showed Trump coming down an escalator, then, then announced he was running for president, just like... Uh, he later actually then did in that manner. They are so sick. They want to tell us in advance what their plans are. There are many examples. Amanda says, fast and pray. Um, Todd's Good says, let's stop this today. We can do this with public pressure. Please call, email, and send letters by U.S. mail um, to your congressmen and women by demanding the en- they the and uh, precision scheduled railroading, safer trains with new braking requirements and safer tankers. And, that, and it goes on and on and on. I'm loving all these tips. You guys are awesome. Let me, let me jump over here to Rumble and see if you guys got anything that I need to... Um, sh- services should always be 24-7. Amen. Uh, G-Pat says over there. I love that. Um, Hopeful Faith says, I just watched The White Noise. I imagine that movie (laughs) contained the playbook. Wow. So you watched the whole thing. Yikes. That's impressive. All right. Uh, Buck says, and what are the odds that Netflix made a movie in 2022 called White Noise just last year with extras from East Palestine in the movie about a train full of toxic chemicals derailing and uh, subsequent um, 
and now East Palestine ushering in the implementation of my ID wearable tracking technology. Nothing fishy here. Well, lots of dead ones. Exactly. Very yeah, well said there. Lots of dead fish. And that is the thing I've been, I've been, you know, looking into that, the, the ID that they are ushering in. It is, all of this is very suspect, but again, we are so used to as in, in our truth movement we're, we're, we're almost, we have PTSD of false flags. Yeah. You know, and, and, and remember what a false flag actually is. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just means that it was planned. planned. Was this a false flag? I don't know. So, um, have you guys seen the footage and I could bring this up, but I'll just tell you 20 miles before the train got to East Palestine, you could see sparks. So some sort of wheel bearing was going out 20 miles ahead of time. Where do you have that footage of the train tracks? That well, you just showed that, that is a that's just for all trains like yeah hey, Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg well I do have one more video here so um so happening right now multiple emergency crews are responding to a massive train derailment outside of Detroit Michigan did you retweet that or yeah it's on? up there in that okay. in those already up there yeah, I'll close these in a small town of Van Buren Township Michigan officials are reporting that only one car on the train was carrying hazardous materials which is reportedly showing no sign of leakage or damage at this time however this just you know now we're all going to be looking at all the train derailments and wonder what the heck mm -hmm. um why are why are these trains derailing and here's the thing train trains are not super safe you guys these tracks I don't they're not always kept up and these are these you think about have you ever put together a train track with your kids mm -hmm. they always fall they always fall off the track like <laughs> it, 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 and I did not know until Pete Boot Ed, Edge told me that this happens three times a, a day, a thousand times a year. So three times a day, your little, your little <laughs> train track. And that's what happens when you actually I wish to have can a train you track out that the un, the unsafe train track. So we can kind of see that. So on the, on the, can that Substack guy, mm -hmm. is it, is it, it's further down on that one? It's one it is. Okay. Let me see. So these are just, this is just other train footage. This isn't the actual, um, this is just other trains that have derailed. Right, Leah? What we're looking at right now. Those are other trains that have derailed, but I don't see, I know I saw it, but yeah, it was having issues. Let me see. Leah just, it, it was showing, um, you know, how, so Pete Buttigieg said that, um, these train derailments are happening every day and why when you look at the actual tracks i was just shocked at uh, you see this train coming at you yeah here. and the tracks are Number just completely 17. um all right let's go back to this one 17 let's scroll quickly we'll get there this video shows sparks or flames 20 miles before the train oh derailment. no that's different Number that's 17. the different video but that's fine that's not the one that i in wanted in east palestine no, you had shown me just how bad train tracks are oh, okay. earlier. That's what I wanted to show. Tonight, pretty stunning video raising a lot of questions, especially for people in East Palestine, Ohio. As you can see, sparks and flames underneath this Norfolk Southern train, and this was 20 miles before it derailed. The derailment, as we all now know, sent dangerous. Okay. There is, yeah, so this is not East Palestine's train track. This is um, the this is uh, between Ohio and Indiana. But like, who's, like, what kind of train truck is, is that? This? And Pete Boot Edge Edge 
you know, um, I'm not all for gas. I don't, I'm not a, ga a natural gas person, okay? I feel like we should all be back in horses and buggies, but um, this can't be real. They would rather you have liquid nat natural gas go on your on these train cars, on these train tracks, than through a very safe pipeline. And how is it that this train is staying on this track? It's like, okay, this guy gets, needs like a bonus. Are you sure? Does somebody hashtag Russia, Ukraine, China? Like, oh, rather than we're waging endless wars. I get it. Okay. So Leah showed me that video this afternoon and I was like, are you kidding me? Those are legit train tracks here in America. Mm -hmm. Like that to me, that is just so shocking. I don't even have words. Um, I don't, I don't have words. So I want to, we do have words. So join us in Har join us at Harvest Revival Center. Saturday, you guys can watch us at, um, what are they going to watch us at? On Harvest Revival Center or Resistance Chicks? Harvest Revival Center. I don't know that we're going to stream it on Resistance Chicks. We may. We'll see. It might. If we stream it anywhere on Resistance Chicks, it would be our Facebook page probably. Um, but just go and subscribe or follow Harvest Revival Center's Facebook page. And um, I really want you guys to get in your cars and come. Get in your cars and come to Dayton, Ohio, because it will, it not only is it going to transform your life, but there is something about the gathering together of believers, like the disciples in the upper room, like so many revivals that we have seen. I believe that this is going to spark a revival like what we're seeing down in Asbury and probably different because Ohio is Ohio and they're in Kentucky, but the spirit of God is the same everywhere. Yeah. So, all right, you guys, thank you for joining with us. Um, again, I'm so thankful to Jeff for agreeing yeah. to come on tonight. I mean, it's absolutely huge for us to get um, firsthand eyewitness account of a reporter that's on the ground talking to the people. I hope that you guys have enjoyed it. Go and follow him um, on his Facebook. No, remember, Facebook. you guys can send us letters. We have a P.O. Box, 107, Milford, Ohio, 45150. We loved opening your letters. Um and, and getting to know you guys there. We've got like us and, and subscribe um, everywhere. We've got a rumble, bit shoot. Uh, we're on Brideon uh, live at six o'clock every Friday night, live on Brideon.tv. And then we do a world news program on Sundays. It's our biggest show that we do. On all of our platforms, but you can go to resistancechicks.com. You can go there and sign up for our email updates. You may actually get one one day uh, <laughs> because our emails have been- um, Sooner than later. Are kind of like this train on that tracks we just showed you. But seriously, guys, we are so appreciative of you. Um, for those of you that, that are just joining Resistance Chicks, um, one of the things that we're always encouraging you guys to do is to support Mike Lindell. Go to MyPillow.com forward slash RC. Use promo code RC. He's There's got the new, new pillow. pillow 2.0. You get to buy one, get one free. It's got this super technology. Makes your head like... Nice cool. and cool and nice. Yeah. And then um, if you go to the Brideon store, brideonstore.com and use promo code CHICKS over there. And all these promos are on our are on resistancechicks.com and in our description. They have a new, um, their new mega buckets on their health. Yeah, because when the world, the poop hits the fan, because obviously poop, it keeps hitting the fan. You can get your bucket of lentils, your bucket of amaranth. Your bucket of black eyed peas. Go get your mega buckets over there. Go get your the mega buckets over there. All right, you guys. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's actually the truth. And we will see you tomorrow night right here. If you, if you don't join us for Brideon.tv, we always do a, the second half of our show on all of our platforms. It's at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, we'll see you tomorrow night and on Sunday, 1.30 p.m. Do not miss it. Put it on your calendars. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. And don't forget, 
pray for Ohio, pray for East Palestine, and show up on Saturday, Dayton, Ohio, harvestrevival.center. We'll see you there. God bless, guys. i uh-huh.